You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. You got something to say about Dwight Powell, Isaac? Something to say about him? Um, no. I mean, he's doing good. I wow. Mean, wow. Would you say that he is an NBA basketball player? Yeah, he's an NBA basketball player, like, they changed his role completely. So look at the things I said he was great at before, and he's doing them. He's catching dunks. He's good at jumping and dunking. He's good at rolling. I mean, that's basically his job. And he's always been a hustler. I've never I've never questioned his, like, ethic or, like, hustle. Like, that's just, I mean, he's always gave 110%. It's just Carlisle took his playbook – for him and said, or his responsibilities this is and said, what you Hey, do. do three things. And he's doing those three things. Well, so there you go. No credit given to Dwight Powell. I, that's credit. I, I feel like that's credit. The, the one thing that I'll give him is that he is catching these lobs. And I don't know if it's the guards adjusting to the lobs that they threw, they throw him or just the entry passes, but he's now catching all these. Whereas before we were complaining a lot that he was missing all these catches, yes. missing all these alley-oops, missing all these entry passes. And now he's finally like catching all of them. I don't know if that's just conditioning. I don't know if that's just, you know, I don't know, getting a ton of reps. I mean, getting the most reps he's ever gotten. He played, how much did he play last night? <laughs> he played, he played a ton. 30 so, minutes. 30 minutes. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot for him, for a guy, you know, energy guy coming off the bench. That's that's a lot. So, all right. Well, we, we, we had a bunch of people comment about Dwight Powell's recent play. He had, uh, what did he have, like 18 and 12 with uh, five offensive rebounds in the game last night against the, the Rockets. So, wanted to, Minus 14. It, wanted, <laughs> wanted to at least address that. So is Dennis and Barnes. You want to go in on them too? No, but I do want to get in on something later about, like, Comparing two players, and we pick and choose on some stats with a couple players. We definitely actually. Would. I'll just actually I'll just say it now. All right, go for it. Uh, on the broadcast, they were talking about Dennis Smith Jr. and how, as much as he drives, they said, you know, there's no. He only averages three free throw attempts a game, and immediately for Dennis Smith Jr., it turns into foul calls. Well, he's not getting foul calls. Why don't we give that same excuse for Harrison Barnes? Why is it Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't get free throw attempts because it's just foul calls? But on Harrison Barnes, it's because, oh, he just can't get to the line. That's my frustration. I'm Googling right now the the drive attempts because I feel like Barnes doesn't drive as much. Barnes definitely pulls up from you know mid-range a lot more than Dennis does. Uh, oh, yeah. And so that, that would be my first guess as I'm kind of looking that up right now. Yeah, I mean, Dennis is obviously going to drive more than Barnes, but is it that much more to where you say, okay, well, you know, I just think Barnes should get that, you know, should get that at least that excuse a little bit too from people of, because he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't get the foul calls either. So it's just, it was just ironic to me that it immediately went into an excuse for Dennis, which I agree with. He he does get rooked. He it's not getting treated fairly with the calls, but with Barnes, we're so quick to say, well, he just can't get to the line. That sucks. He sucks at that. So per NBA.com, Dennis Smith Jr. is averaging 12 and a half drives a game. Harrison Barnes, only seven drives per game. Uh, only, only. That's like, that's a decent amount of drives. And then uh, their free throw percentage. So however many, you know, based on how many drives they're taking, how many free throws uh, occur from those drives, Dennis is is at 64% and Harrison Barnes is at 78%. Hmm. So Barnes is so to your to, to you know against your point. Barnes is driving less and getting to the free throw line more while Dennis is driving more and getting to the free throw line less. So it's it's uh, it's you know 
It's an obvious difference. And Barnes, However, Barnes, you know, <laughs> doesn't get to line either. Yeah, and but and Barnes also posts up more. If we're gonna like compare the driving stats to where Dennis has the ball in his hands, you know, more than Barnes does, to where Barnes has post ups that probably wouldn't count, you know, as a drive that he wouldn't get foul calls on either. Listen to this stat with it too, though. On drives, Dennis Smith Jr. scores thirty eight point five percent of the time. Harrison Barnes scores seventy two point five percent of the time. Wow, dang! So there, I think some of these are counting these drive, jab, step, you know, you know, step back. These yeah. sort of like pullbacks that that he's getting because I, I think a drive counts if you take like two dribbles into the lane or something like that. But okay, or something that that'd be my guess. But but yeah, so. Gripe, all gripes aside, again, you can find me at Mavs Moneyball. I had a piece recently about Nerlens Noel that Isaac contributed to. Uh, so you can go to MavsMoneyball.com and check that out. You can also find me at Nick Van Exit. You can find Isaac at The Smoking Cuban. You can also find him on Mavs.com. He wrote uh, the definitive pull-back-the-curtain piece on the Mavs jerseys that they wore last night against the Rockets. You can find him at Isaac L. Harris. Isaac, what other pieces do you have on Smoking Cuban right now? Uh, I, j- I actually just wrote one today, and, and um, it's something I'm I've been working on the past day or so, comparing Doug McDermott to Peja Stokovich, and oh yeah, yeah, that That's he good. I think he could that could be his solid comparison for the Mavericks. Uh, not really comparing Peja's time in Dallas because Peja only played you know the end of that season and the championship run, but you know young Peja was good. I mean he's a three time All Star mm-hmm. and. Looking at how specifically, I look back at his uh, Hornets days, and they have this, almost the same frame six eight two two twenty two twenty five. And looking at his Hornet days when he played with Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, them he had this young, explosive point guard in Chris Paul that could get in the lane, can you know bring the defense in. And Peja played a lot of off the ball, and he would be at Peja all the time. Well, now look for Doug McDermott, and he has Dennis Smith Jr. And doing the same type of thing. <clears throat> so, you know, and you see Doug Doug average is averaging less than three, less than three three-point attempts per game in his career, in his first four years in the league. Which is just insane. That makes no sense to it's me. It's stupid, yeah. <laughs> it and makes so like, no sense. And when he talked before the game the other day, he talked about how he's excited to come to Dallas and play in this, you know, three-point shooting system because that's what he does best. In Peja, in that year with Chris Paul in 2007-08, he, sh- he attempted 6.8 threes a game. Now, he, he started, and he averaged over 30 minutes a game. But if you you know give those minutes to, to Doug, I think he could – he shot – Peja shot 44% that, that year. And, like, I just – I think that he could – he could give you what Peja gave the Hornets. What are you looking at? Nothing, just – tweet that just came in continue oh, i just think what what Peja, uh gave to people to the sacramento team that made all the deep playoff runs to the new orleans team with chris paul and stuff starting off like and even when he came to dallas and like rick carlisle used him in a way you know it, even in the playoffs he had a couple 20 point games in the playoffs a 21 point game against the lakers Peja did i think rick rick knows how knew how to use Peja, and i think doug could be a new a new version or a younger version of Peja for the Mavericks. I'm excited to check that one out. We'll talk about Doug McDermott definitely a little bit later. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Josh McRoberts being waived. We'll talk about the report that Isaac made. Uh, made? Report that you reported? Reported, I guess, is a verb in and of itself. So the report that Isaac reported about Nerland's Noel and the piece that I wrote. We'll also talk about the trade deadline. The uh, winners and losers are best and then our dumbest trades uh, at the deadline. Uh, on a national scale we're not focusing on the Mavericks one as much if you want to check that out we posted actually two podcasts on uh, on Friday talking about right before the deadline and then uh the right after the, the deadline actually happened so go check those out if you haven't already those actually are our two most listened to podcasts ever so again thank you to you guys all the people that were, were showing love on social media for the deadline dash we really appreciate that Guys, 15 podcasts in a row uh, we did leading up to the draft. And, you know, Nick and I sent out tweets thanking you guys. And we didn't say one thing we regret at all. 
<laughs> nothing and uh None. but but no man it it was cool y'all y'all reaching out on twitter and saying thank you for that and facebook too i had a couple out. people on facebook reaching out to me so shout out to you guys yeah man that that's that's cool i mean you know nick and i do this you know it's pretty much a part-time job in addition to our writing and other jobs in real life and we love doing it but it also becomes a grind sometimes and it's almost like going to a gas station and fueling up with gas whenever we see compliments and seeing tweets come in saying you listen to it you love it so it kind of refuels and motivates us to keep keep doing what we do so thank you to continue with that metaphor if the compliments are the gas then my ego is the engine of the car let's just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to be talking about the lakers and the rockets games from this weekend uh two really fun games that i wish we had a whole pod to talk about but this is where we are <laughs> we might we might kind of sprinkle some more stuff here and there the next couple of, of days as we hit the the um we're gonna hit the All Star break, and we're not gonna have any more games. <laughs> it's gonna be oh, yeah. it's gonna be interesting looking at uh, what we're gonna talk about on, on this podcast. But we have uh, at least one more game uh, against the Kings tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, it's tomorrow, uh, Tuesday against the the Kings. It's at home, and then they'll take a long break, taking the entire uh, next week off, and then they don't come back until man, I'm still scrolling. The 23rd, they play the Lakers again. It's big time. That's a uh, that's I, a break right there. I guarantee you, uh, Dirk, and then we're about to hit up some islands because that's where a lot of players go on this break. They go to some random Caribbean islands. You think you think uh, Dennis isn't bringing Dirk out to All Star Weekend to throw a lob pass to him? Um, well, Dennis still has a PlayStation Three, so we what he. <laughs> Yeah, he tweeted out about people. Um, <laughs> that was so random. What does that have to do? <laughs> because I was, you were implying, like, I thought you were implying, like, he was going to, like, pay for Dirk. Like, I was saying, like, Dirk's, I mean, oh. Dennis is still, like, being very conservative. Um, because he tweeted out something about it, uh, people, anybody playing something on PS3, and, and some dude's like, bro, you got, why don't you just upgrade for a PS4? You're an NBA. And he's like, nah, fam, like, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, <laughs> Dang, dude, still rolling on PS3. Hey, guess if it works. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll talk about all the All-Star stuff coming up for sure. We'll get to that. Uh, but first, let's get to some of this Mavericks news. Josh McRoberts has been waived. Um, it happened right in the middle of a uh, Carlisle pregame presser. You had the masterful question of, look at my – I mean, I, should I? can I pull back the curtain and tell, tell the listeners play-by-play what you did? Go for it. So, we're in the – we're in the uh, the pregame presser, and this is how news breaks sometimes. Isaac is sitting there; he's a row behind me, and Carlisle's sitting in the front during you know pregame stuff. He sits at a chair, just you know, he just talks. He's got his like regular like warm up clothes on, and then there's just all this media, you know, all these people. It was actually really full because it, yeah, Lake- it, it was the Lakers game. There was a lot of Lakers media in there. Some of my idols growing up were in there. So really, <laughs> like Mike Trudell and. Uh, John Ireland and uh, yeah, Steve Anyway, so we're all in there, and a couple questions being asked. Carlo went for about 10 minutes, which is it's pretty long for a pregame presser. And yeah. Isaac <laughs> Isaac goes, what went into the decision, you know, to something along the lines of what went into the decision of, of waving Josh McRoberts and something, what do you guys expect to do with that spot and all this? And I'm thinking – man, Isaac, like, did I miss something? Did I like not see something? And so I'm looking at my emails and sometimes the emails come, you know, slower than others. And so I didn't see anything. And, and all of a sudden I get a tweet notification from Tim McMahon and it says that, that Josh Roberts has been waived and it happened right in the middle of the press conference because Isaac looks at his phone. He gets the email from, from the Mavs PR. He sees that they've waived Josh McRoberts. And right before that, he asks the question, Carlisle confirms it. And then Tim McMahon tweets it out and then it becomes news. <laughs> yeah. It was so great. I mean, literally my watch went off and I was like, I just asked the question right after that, and and the, it was how I worded the question that it was. It got kind of weird um, that Rick enjoyed oh, it, yeah. Because so, yeah, so you can explain that part. <laughs> well, so I said you can use the term "we" in a way <laughs> in in grammar. Um, for instance, when my wife and I are at our um, baby doctor, 
And she looks at us and says, so do we have a baby plan yet? Different than you know, a baby mama, the baby doctor. She's talking to us like, do we? But she's not implying she's part of it. Well, I or use Or like we. a realtor. A realtor, there's that great John Mulaney joke. Like, all right, we, I know this isn't what we wanted. Like, go yes. Ahead. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I asked the question and I said, hey, I said, you know, Josh, what went on? What went into Joshua Roberts being waived? And you know, do we have a, a plan for that last roster spot? <laughs> you know, whatever. Rick literally looks at me and says, "Oh, we, we." Okay. And Isaac I, gets I, real defensive. He's like, "I'm sorry." I mean, blah blah blah, blah. and he tries to yeah. explain himself. And then Carlisle was like, and "He's like, no, no, I, I, yeah, I like how we are all one in here." And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Crap, whatever." It was so great. I tried to, I, I went to Isaac afterwards and I was like, you probably met the Royal we like we like the, you know, like the baby doctor thing, like we <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But your, your site is also called fan sided. So <laughs> take it. I mean, and technically it. I'm at Mads.com too. So yeah. How about but, that? Oh, well, like I've been embarrassed worse by Rick. <laughs> Definitely. No, that was an unembarrassment. That was like, he was with was... you. That was the one time he's agreed with you ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever in history. So Josh and Roberts gets waived. Nothing else is to be said about that. It was kind of one of those no, things actually, we expected to happen. Yeah, we expected it to happen, but you know, I found it interesting too because they didn't buy him out. You know, they they just waived him. They paid him his full money, and I thought it was a nice gesture by the Mavs. They could have went to him and said, "Hey, like, you know, why don't you play somewhere else? Let's let's figure out a number. Let's you know, we'll sacrifice a million. We'll pay you five or something like that." But they waived him, and I know they still need to get to the cap floor. And that could have played into it also, but they waived him, paid him his full money, and now they open up a roster spot with that. And and Rick made a point too about you know, about Josh and how he came into Dallas. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Had all these injuries. And now he's leaving Dallas and he's healthy. And it's kind of your stay in certain places for teams in the league is not always just about on the court. It can be relationships you make, it could be off the court impacts you make for him. It was about getting healthy and he cheated that. And so we wish him nothing but the best, but now we have an open roster spot that we're really going to put into play. I think over the next month or so, I mean, just like Rashad Vaughn, he got released the other day by the Pelicans. Like he's a six, six guard. Like that's a type of dude, former first round pick just like two years ago. That's a type of dude that Dallas will be throwing darts at to try to you know just bring in and see what they can darts. do yeah yeah it's important to, to note like you said that if, when you're talking about buyouts and this is going to be a big buzzword the next couple of weeks uh when they talk about a buyout that means that the players usually on the last you know year of their deal sometimes it's the last two or so and they go to the player and they say all right let's try to figure out a number that you'd be okay with us paying you that you could leave, go somewhere else, try to maybe make up some of that money somewhere else. So Josh Roberts, he was making like six million or something like that. Let's say the Mavericks go to him and say, "All right, we're gonna pay. You know, we're gonna finish it off and pay you like uh, in total. So everything they've paid him up until this point, and then in total we will have paid you. Let's say like five million. Well, you know, you're leaving a million on the table. And he would have been like, "Okay, sure. I think I'm gonna get some interest. My agents be here some interest on other teams. He goes there." To another team, he gets like a million and a half. And then, you know, he makes out pretty well. He goes on a team, probably a playoff team, works out that way. Uh, but like Isaac noted, they waived him. And so that means they didn't buy him out, which means that he get, got paid the full six or whatever he was making before. And then if he does get picked up on another team, that's just extra cheddar. Yeah, I mean, if he gets picked up, that, that other team, if he, no one's going to make the waiver claim. But somebody, theoretically, yeah. is if, if a team wanted to meet their salary floor, could claim him. Then, wave like cutting, or if somebody's <laughs> or, you know, or if a big man out. goes down. Yeah, so I mean, no one. I don't think anybody's going to claim him off waivers, so he'll become a free agent. And I don't know. I I don't even think he'll play. I mean, I, I think he'll probably set up so the rest of the season. But I could see like a Pelicans maybe taking a flyer on. Yeah, him. They, yeah. They really need big men. So there's that, and then there was the report that Isaac made uh reported about Nerlens Noel that he will stay with the Mavericks for the rest of the season uh through you know through the all-star break through the buyout season through all that stuff he's going to stay with them the Mavericks really want to see what they have in Nerlens and this is something that I had been really harping on a lot is that they would be really dumb to just buy him out or just not even try to fix this 
and I wrote for for MavsMoneyBall.com about how the Mavericks have now reached out, and they've been doing this with little things throughout the season. They've reached back out to Nerlens, and they're like, all right, let's try to fix this. And now I think the ball's kind of in Nerlens' court. The ball is there for him to try and, like, accept, you know, accept maybe his role, accept maybe a different kind of, not necessarily situation, but just a, a different thing that he, a different role than he expected. And to accept that and then to, you know, take it and to, to run with it and play and then uh, hopefully make, a, you know, establish a role in this team and establish a role for next year. Who knows if they're, you know, if they're going to bring him back. I mean, it's, it still seems doubtful that that could happen, but they're tr- at least trying to mend it and trying to make it right. Kirk at Moneyball the other day had a funny tweet and he was like, it would be everything if Nerlens comes back, plays significant minutes, helps the Mavericks win enough games to where they get like the eighth pick in the draft, and then he leaves in free agency. <laughs> like that would be the darkest timeline ever, <laughs> and I laughed so hard. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, um, my report um, had a lot to do with uh, more of Nerlens' side of his camp uh, that he was going to finish the rest of the season in Dallas, and. Um, then they'll go from there. But yeah, I mean, I think we'll at least see him on the on the court at, at some point. So whether I don't know how I mean, there's a lot of questions about what's gonna happen over these next two two months because Donnie was so open about playing the young guys at the end of the season, but yet Motley gets four minutes tonight. You know, like <laughs> all along. Yeah, we'll talk to, about that. Like all along you would feel like, you know what they held on to Salah Mezri at the deadline. What are they going to do with him? You know, like, you know, especially if Nerlens comes back, they can't play them all. Who, you know, somebody's going to get benched and just like completely benched. Is it going to be Salah? Is it going to be, you know, their Dwight Powell's actually playing decent? So like, who's it going to be? And it's it's going to get interesting really quick. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that for sure. Talking about Jonathan Motley, but. Uh, yeah, you get that guy that doesn't even play, and then you have, I mean, the Mavericks only played two big men all of the of the Rockets game. They played Dwight Powell, they played Maxi Kleba, they played you know Barnes and, and McDermott at four. They played Motley the four minutes, like you said, and uh, they go with these. You know, they have all these centers, they have the, the Costco you know forklift of centers, and then they go, you know, they only play two. Probably traditional power forwards. If you're looking at yeah. Al and Maxi, that's the, that's only the guy wildest guys part. Play. Is Dirk set out? Obviously, Salah was out because they're listening to stiff neck. And which, by the way, can I just tell my joke? Uh, <laughs> when Salah left the, the locker room after the Lakers game, he was carrying a new, a brand new Xbox and a uh, and a copy of NBA 2K. And I just everybody out there. Public service announcement, everybody just neck support is so important when you're gaming. If you're going to go all night and do like a 2K binge, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to play a tournament, if you're going to spend a lot of time gaming, neck support is very important. Can can I tell a story about that? (laughs) Of course. All right. So I actually know the background story of this Xbox thing. So if you guys out there have played Xbox and played 2K, you know Salah is one of the guys on the team that doesn't look like Salah. It's just a 2K-generated <laughs> player. Well, when they were on their last road trip, it was Phoenix or wherever it was, 2K brought their brought their trailer to them to scan Salah. And they, they took Salah through the whole like 2K trailer, hooked him up with all the sensors and everything like they do for all the other players, and actually scanned him and everything for the game. And when 2K does that for the players, when you know they do it over the offseason, whenever they scan all the players, that's how they you know get them to look so realistic. They give them a system and the game, and so that's how they didn't bring the system and game back. So they they shipped it to Dallas, and so that was his system and game for getting scanned and everything to actually be in the game. So an update should be coming for 2K, and Salah will actually look like Salah in the game. Can't wait. Can't wait for it to happen. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's get to the trade deadline then. The uh since we've already we've already essentially done a whole locked on podcast. 
we might as well go for it on this uh, on this Monday pod. All right, who is your big winner of the deadline? Actually, I think we have the same one. Let's go on three, one, two, three. Lakers, Cavs. Oh, okay, good. Give, no, give I mean, I think I think it's win win. I think either one. I, I I could see both sides for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely win win. Everybody has said enough about this. If you've listened to other people, uh, you know the Lakers get, you know. <laughs> We'll talk about Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> that could that could be a You thought you thought he looked better than I did. That could be a steal. I mean he came out, at least he was hitting shots. He was shooting like like That's twenty the something only percent. Thing, like he just hit open shots. Like I, I mean, there was a couple moves he made, but it's still not he's still not there. I mean, he's still not gonna get a massive contract. He's so bad defensively, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's very bad defensively, but he's still better than he was in in Cleveland, at least, or at least so. At, at least, least he, for one game. At least for one game, and at least he could be because that team really needed. They needed backup point guards real bad. They were playing Tyler Ennis, and if you had anything to do with Lakers Twitter, you knew that Tyler Ennis was like the bane of their existence. Like he was the <laughs> Dwight Powell of last year. He was just like, why is this guy playing? Um, and then the, the Cavs obviously they get the shuffle and. and for what it, you know, for everybody that has said, you know, oh, how do these players even make them better? Did these play, you know, these guys, these are like mediocre guards. And I made a joke on Twitter that day, uh, the trade deadline about, you know, all the mediocre guards going to Cleveland. But the fact that their locker room was so bad and that it just was, you know, was so toxic at that point, a shuffle will make you exponentially better because basketball requires teamwork and it requires you to like actually work well with somebody that you probably don't like. And that is harder than if you actually like somebody or if it's a new person, you're trying to make a good impression that it, it would work better. You know, if you have a good relationship with those people. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think, I didn't think Cleveland was going to be able to pull it off at the deadline, pull it and, off, pull anything off. And then they pulled off all the stuff. <laughs> Well, like, I just, I thought that they would be able to pull off maybe like George Hill for like the trade that yeah, was rumored. Right. Like, I thought they would walk away with it with something like that. And for what they did, like, for them, here's the thing for them to get younger and still get better, that's wild to me. Like, yeah. they got younger and better. And it, you know, we'll, we'll talk about one of their trades in a little bit, but. You know, do, do I think that I think we? I don't think we can overreact today after the Boston game. I mean, yeah, they're no everybody. They're... <laughs> everybody knew they're going to come out and play with a ton of energy and all yeah. that stuff. And that's the thing; they got bodies that can run, that can move. They're more athletic now, and all this stuff. You're higher on Larry Nance than I am. Um, I think he can be good, but I'm just not sold that he's going to be. You know, the next greatest thing ever, but. He could be better than Jay Crowder. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely been better yeah. than he was with the Cavs. So, all right, yes, those are those I, so are I'm our winners. Say the Cavs. We we both think that it's winners. Obviously, the, the Lakers cleared up that cap space. The Lakers clearing up the cap space and getting a first wild is crazy. I, I just can't believe that that happened. And you know, getting Isaiah Thomas is at if at, if at anything, Isaiah Thomas is a flyer. You know, he's not a young flyer, but he's a flyer. You're taking the flyer on a guy that was you know fourth in MVP voting, fifth in MVP voting last year. Like it's you know, you're at least taking a swing. You know, what's funny though is we both sat there and laughed at like Kevin O'Connor and them at the ringer for them saying. He's just going to be treated like an expiring contract, and that's exactly yeah. how he, how he was treated. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were it's right. wild. I mean, I think he's he'll be gone like next year, but like just the fact that they yeah. kept their their core of Ingram, Lonzo, and Kuzma, and opened up that much cap space and Hart too. They, they just really get out of here. You don't watch. We've already been over this. How many Lakers games you've watched? He <laughs> no, is. I know he is good. He's part of the core, though. On the same levels, Ingram and Kuzma and Lonzo. No, but he's part of it. He's more okay. part of it than like Jordan Clarkson was. Okay, yeah, I believe that. Okay, um, they kept Randall not, too, which is was very interesting. We'll talk about that too much going into the off season. Yeah, I mean they're scary. I mean they're scary moving forward. Just the possibilities, flexibility once again. Yeah, uh, that Donnie mentioned for the Mavericks, but they can they can do a lot of different stuff. So yeah, I have them as winners. The losers, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Yeah, Grizzlies. 
I have the Grizzlies on the court and off the court. Chris Wallace, bro, when you're getting interviewed and somebody asks you, "Hey, how do you feel?" Like you know, you're, it, it reminded me of LeBron's after the finals. You're you're getting interviewed and say, "How do you feel when people on talk radio are you know saying you made a mistake at the trade deadline and stuff?" And their GM literally says. Well, if you're listening to talk radio, I think you need something better else to you know do with your life. So, oh, I'm good. sure, I'm sure they have like an ESPN sponsorship or whoever is their flagship station. They have some kind of sponsorship with them, and uh, I'm sure that's going over very well right now. Like <laughs> the Mavs have one oh one oh three point three. I'm sure if like Cuban said something, I'm sure that's going over very well. <laughs> yeah, with the Tyreek thing, Evans thing, I mean. Jeez. I mean, obviously, we're not plugged in with Memphis, but just like reading from the outside, when you set a player for five games, and then that the fact that they had, you know, might not be exactly what you want, but like imagine if they him. sat West for like, <laughs> you know, for five games before the trade deadline, we would all be like, they're definitely trading him. They, they're sitting him. He's not even playing, and then he doesn't get traded. And to a lesser extent, the Hawks for doing the same exact thing to Marco Bellinelli. Yeah, uh, I know they were. It was sort of like you're waiting on you know Tyreek Evans to move, but at some point like, you're gonna wave him anyway. Try to you know try to at least send him somewhere. Get you know get something. He ended up with 76ers, which I think is gonna be super fun. But yeah, yeah, it was just funny. Is the two guys that got set out, you know, for five games or whatever, they didn't get traded. My real loser, I'm gonna save for the dumbest because it goes in, it goes hand in hand with it. Uh, another loser, I think, is the Orlando Magic. Because, man, they – not that they lost the trade deadline because, you know, Alfred Payton for a second is, is probably moving on, moving on at the right time. Like, you know, not holding on to a guy so long that you're, you know, just kind of crippling your team. But uh, and with Alfred Payton, they were trying to force a round peg into a square hole. <laughs> it's just like not yeah. working, just not something that they need to be doing. They didn't have enough shooting. And now they're moving on from him, probably a, you know, addition by subtraction, and uh, and so we'll see how that goes. But you're just seeing how much, how badly they have drafted the last couple of years, and uh, and <laughs> their best player that they've drafted did not become the best player even on their own team. It was Oladipo who had to go away yeah. to two different teams to finally like you know come into him his, himself. And then and all the stuff with Aaron Gordon, I think that could affect their their free agency stuff this summer. Like the fact that they are shopping him, don't you think that would affect that guy going into the you know the summer? Yeah, but they can match anything. So I know, but you're still talking about. I mean, <laughs> talking about the the will of a player that's been on a team that's been really bad. So I I don't know. I like. I mean, for whatever you think of Alfred Payton and Moutier, I mean, for second round picks, basically. I mean, come on. I mean, that's a steal. I mean, just take home. I mean, like, I loved what New York did. I mean, getting Moody. I think – I don't understand why everybody's freaking out about him and Nelikina. Like, Frank can play off the ball. Like, we think he can be a two-card. Like, play yeah, him they, together. And, they played last night, and they were like a plus-nine net rating I saw. Huh. Uh, like, they were pretty good together. And if you're Phoenix, a second-round pick just to try out Peyton? Like, I yeah. know he sucks and his hair sucks, but, like, you at least get to try him out. His hair doesn't suck. It flops. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's it's way different for a team that didn't draft that player because the onus is not on the team to try to make that player work because they didn't invest as much into him. They essentially got these guys for a second round pick. It's as if they drafted them with a second round pick, you know? Yeah. You're getting this guy with first round talent in the second round essentially. And so imagine, you know, the Mavericks take a guy in the second round like an AJ Hammonds. You take that guy and there's not as much pressure as say like Dennis Smith Jr. where they I think they took Alfred Payton like 9 or 10, right? So yeah, that it'd be like kind of the same thing. <laughs> so it's it's just wild to me. All right, you winner and best. How how are you differentiating that? Like winner of the deadline, and then like best trade. Okay, give me your best trade then. Um, well, I like the Phoenix one taking the chance on Alfred, but I think the best trade hands down was like Cleveland getting Rodney Hood for Jay Crowder. Jeez, that freaking pissed me off, man. All right, go in on it. No, it's just stupid. Like, Rodney Hood is 25 years old. Like, I know his defensive plus minus. I get all that crap, but, like, I hate defensive stats in general. And But, like, the dude can – he's one of those just, like – he's like a left-handed J.R. Smith, but I think he has the potential to be better maybe. And it's just a, it's a prime type of dude that I would love to take a shot at. And I'm not really as mad that, like, Dallas didn't get him. It's just for the price. Like, that that just 
that's wild to me. I mean, that when when we saw that stuff going down and Woj tweeted Rodney Hood headed to to the Cavs, I'm like, what? Yeah, like for what? what for, for Derek Rose and Jay Crowder? What? Like, you are serious? Like, I mean, if on. you can get a former MVP at any time, you have to get them. Stop. He didn't even last. They he waved didn't him already. Make it to Utah. <laughs> yeah, they waved him already. They put out a press and, release and like actually put time into it and put like his stats and stuff. <laughs> please. And I mean, like, I think. Well, do I think Jay Crowder will be better in Utah? Yeah, I think he will. But yeah, I think Quinn Snyder will be really good for him. Like, kind of like Brad. I Stevens think everybody was. will be better outside of Cleveland. And shots. I got Shot. traded away, <laughs> but no, I just, that, that was, I for Cleveland to pull that off. That was just insane. I mean, to get really, I mean, that whole three team trade Cleveland, what they got back was George Hill and Rodney hood. And that, I, that was home run grand slam. Dumbest. This also goes with my loser. The okay. Sacramento Kings, man. What are you guys <laughs> do? What are you guys doing over there? So they signed George Hill, and that to me was just dumb in general because you already have De'Aaron Fox. Why don't you just give him the keys? You bring George Hill in. Apparently they convinced him that they were going to be a, you know, a competitive team, that they were going to be at least like competent. They were none of this sort. They sent George Hill off. What did they get for George Hill? They got Shumpert and – That's it. I mean, they got Joe Johnson, but they bought him out. Joe Johnson, but they bought him out. So they essentially just got Shumpert. So you get Shumpert for George Hill – uh, Chumper wasn't even playing for Cleveland. I mean, so what does that tell you? They needed all the wing help they could have they could have gotten, and he's played in the finals, and they weren't playing him. So something's going on. You know, something bad's going on there. I, my theory is, and this is the only thing I have to say about Amon Chumper all the time is he wants to be a rapper more than he wants to be a basketball player. <laughs> and uh, they do that, and then at the same time they wave Papa Giannis, who was their thirteenth yeah. pick two years ago. <laughs> Not even two years, two drafts ago, like not the seventeen draft, but the sixteen draft. So and even like dude's Malachi not even Richardson, been through two seasons yet. Like Malachi Richardson's not bad, and like they said, see ya for Bruno Gabaclo. and yeah, you know, like he's yeah, well, like we know more about from, Bruno than we know about Malachi Richardson. I feel like probably, but like I don't know. They, I guess the George Hill deal, you know, is for cap space next year. If, what is Sacramento going to do with cap space? Oh, I I agree. Like, I mean, if like Shumpert has a player option for like ten million or something, he has to pick that up. Oh but, yeah, but especially to know. keep his studio running and to keep his you know to keep buying those those beats. You can't just keep going royalty free your entire career. <laughs> entire career. Um, that's yeah, just had, the, that's just the dumbest. I mean, I can't even. I I talked to the I talked to the scout the other day, and we were like what is Sacramento doing over there? And the guy was like, well, nobody from us had a first-round grade on Papianis. <laughs> wow. So they didn't know why they took him in the first place. And they were, and he said that when they took him, if they were going to take him that high, they should have stashed him in Europe, but they didn't do it. And so they just, you know, they wanted to play him right away, which we talk about all the time, but there is, you know, there is a reason to stash some guys in Europe for a little while, let them develop a little longer and then uh, yeah. and bring them over, and that's what this guy was saying that they should have done. Yeah, and, and normally I would say Dallas throws something at Papianis, but we have so many bigs, I don't know yeah. where they'd even try to play him. So yeah, I, I mean, I think we should take a a flyer on him, maybe, but with the legends. <laughs> <laughs> with the legends. Of course, they got a ton of bigs too. They got Motley, they got Warney, they got you know Brandon Ashley. <laughs> like the other team, I will throw in there with like dumbest. And this is no discredit to Devin Harris, is Denver. Because you <laughs> traded Moutier, who was your seventh overall pick three years ago, two years ago. That'd be, the, 20, a, that'd be the 2015 draft. So. so almost three years ago. And a second round pick for the expiring contract of Devin Harris. Do you know what Denver got with a second round pick like two years ago? What? Nikolai Jokic. <laughs> If anybody oh, should not be throwing away second round picks, it's a team that just recently hit on one, like more than maybe anybody since San Antonio with Manu. Since, since Draymond. Yeah, okay, since Draymond. We'll give you that one. Yeah, so like I think here's here's I think Devin is great for him, and I think he will be great for him come to playoffs. But if I'm gonna tra- give up on somebody Moutier, and I know everybody I know how you think about him, but if I'm gonna give up on Moutier and a second round pick 
for a veteran, I at least want him under contract for another year or two. <laughs> yeah. You know, something that or a sec, getting a second back or something. Like I just thought that was wild and kind of just the whole trade. Like you, like if you're Dallas, you know, just talking to some people last night. You know, they just they didn't see it coming at all, and. You know, I finally got to talk to some people that was there at the practice at San Francisco, and he just finished the, he Devin had just finished the three point drill with, with Dirk. He goes and sets down in a seat and checks his phone, and they said Devin just sat there with his head up in the air like against the wall, just sitting there, and like then it started trickling down between everybody in the gym, and it was just like gut wrenching, and. You know, every one by one, people start going and talking to Devin and stuff. And but like, even in the organization, like that's why I don't think they went seeking this trade out. Like, it's not like they were shopping him. I think it was just it fell into their laps, and they're like, "Holy crap, we can get a 26 year old McDermott restricted free agent and a second round pick for for Devin that we could bring back in two months. We got to do that. Like, we can't just you know." <laughs> and so. uh Rick yeah. Carlisle was on ESPN radio on Friday and he said that I, so I think Denver is in mountain time. So the, the deadline would have been at like 1 PM, I think. Uh, and he said at 1230, he asked Donnie if they had anything working and he said, no, we got nothing working. <laughs> and then it just came up, <laughs> it yeah. just came out of nowhere and then they went with it. So pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's wild how all that stuff happens and, now here you go, and hopefully, I mean, it gives us somebody to root for come to playoffs. You know, we'll, I know we'll all be cheering yeah, for Devin. Definitely. You know, it comes to playoff times, and you know, I think his his first game in Denver through like what halftime or three quarters, he was plus seventeen, and you know, he was already doing good for him off the bench. So, you know, we wish the best for him. That's I, like. If they can bring Devin back, I feel like that would just be really good for their team. I mean, Jamal Murray could really, really use a guy like that. I mean, Jameer Nelson, oh, was, Jameer Nelson was there for a really while, for for a while, but I think Devin would just be – I mean, he'd be a great asset for them yeah. if they bring him back. But obviously we want him back here, kind of. Hmm. So, all right, there you go. That's the trade deadline. And uh, all right, so the Mavericks beat the Los Angeles Lakers in a uh, – Man, <laughs> in an awesome game. Super fun. I mean, this is, I think, at least the most fun game the Mavericks have played this year. It was 130 to 123, and when you look at that score, you immediately go, wow, that was such a fast game. Uh, Isaac, the pace of this game. <laughs> Let's see. The Mavericks' pace, just in general, like the Mavericks' pace that they play at a uh, like a normal rate during a normal, like, a normal game or average their average pace is uh 95 okay that's oh the slowest in the league everybody else is pretty much over 100 the uh the pace of this game 98.8 <laughs> not that fast not even that much faster than mavericks play right now uh this was they just were hitting shots everywhere i mean everybody was hitting shots in this game i think the effective field goal percentage which accounts for three-point percentage as well was like 60 yeah the lakers had 64 percent which is just i mean that's crazy i think both teams were 50 40 as far as you know field goal percentage and three-point percentage just nobody was missing basically a lot of lakers fans in the house not as many as there was last game though there, there was not as many <laughs> I was kind of surprised. There was a ton. I mean, when Isaiah checked in, that was a big time yeah. fan reaction. But there was all this yellow last time. I mean, I just remember like it was probably a third of the crowd, and this time it was not. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, it was McDermott's first game in Dallas. He talked to us before the game. Um, super nice guy. You know, just learning everything. He's just. It's kind of like a deer in the headlights. He's like, I just like, got here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was asking people after the game, where's the family uh, section, you know, and like trying to figure yeah. out everything. So uh, uh, that was cool. He had a couple big-time dunks. You're like, holy crap, like this is fun. Yeah, and, uh, how about Doug McDermott? His first two buckets for the Mavericks were dunks instead of three-point shots. Yeah, and he had a he had a big-time shot like late in the fourth too, like a fadeaway kind of and so it was fun. It was fun seeing a new body, uh, another young guy out there. But, man, I mean, I think probably the two highlights is both the big dunks, Dirk and Maxi. Yeah, yeah, I wrote about them on, on Moneyball. And uh, 
Maxi's was with a, like a minute 20 left in the game. I mean, this was like crunch time. The game was within one point. Maxi gets that dunk. He flexes on Julius Randle. I mean, people were saying like he put Julius Randle in a body bag and all this stuff. <laughs> it's like making all the jokes on Twitter. And uh, Maxi said that he he bobbled it. Like he thought when he got up there that it wasn't going to go in because he kind of lost control of it while he was up there. And then he put it down, and he was just super excited that he got it down. And then obviously Dirk's dunk, really great pass and find from Collinsworth. Uh, there's a lot of people I think that would have just tried to lay that up or try to put it up themselves, especially a guy that was, you know, in the G League like a month ago. <laughs> but yeah, just a good dish by him to find, to find Dirk, and Dirk admitted that he had one earlier that he should have dunked. I think that was that that spin layup that he had like in the first quarter. I can't remember. And uh, so he said that, but then he also said that, you know, I don't get too many opportunities around the rim, so uh, it's now or never. And so he just went up and dunked it, and that made – I mean, everybody went nuts. <laughs> do we have a board bet on Dirk Dunks? Oh, do we? I don't know. I feel like we do. And it was two last year. So far it's one. Oh. Um, I think we did over under 1.5. That's what I feel like it was. <laughs> we could have, yeah. I'll check that. I, also, you know, Collinsworth's pass to Dirk got some uh, – recognition but i think dennis's pass to maxi on that was like super underrated i mean it was a so quick, on maxi's dunk yeah yeah it was like this like, handoff like he's kind of shovel past it forward like a like a quarterback you know doing that shovel i back. think it was i think it was on ingram like right past ingram's face and, yeah uh, it was it was a good pass but yeah i mean i agree with you it was one of the best games of the of the whole whole season for the fans you know doug's debut like just it was a good good vibe um for everyone, for everyone in the organization too, because I think you know with the season and then losing losing Devin, you know that just put a lot of people in a sour mood, kind of just like oh man, like we love Devin and but it was a fun 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 night in uh, the AAC. Definitely was uh, Dwight Powell in this game, nineteen points. He was getting everything around the you know around the rim. He had seven boards, uh, two steals. He, uh, this was another one of those really, really good games for him. We talked earlier in the, in the podcast about you know his recent play of late. And then Isaiah Thomas, we talked about him a little bit earlier when we talked about the trades. Uh, 22 points coming off the bench, even though he said he wouldn't. Six assists, six turnovers. Uh, yeah, his, his passing and dribbling looked <laughs> about even with uh, how bad and how good it was. <laughs> it's like 50-50. <laughs> you know, he would make a good play. That touch pass that he made. Yeah, there was a touch pass on the baseline that he got that just, uh, I think he hit it straight to Randall or, or somebody, and uh, it was a really really nice play. Uh, he had a dirty play. Still trying to figure it out. Too. He's still trying to figure out their whole system and how it works. And there was a bunch of times I saw that he kind of was like, "All right, now I'm gonna play basketball." <laughs> yeah. And him playing basketball is like, I'm gonna ISO and I'm gonna score, and no one else is gonna touch the ball. So, yep, that doesn't work sometimes. But he can at least he can still score. He was hitting shots, and uh, that's kind of what you want from him. If he's gonna be their backup point guard, I think that that's amazing role for him. Six man, I think it would be a great role for him if he can accept yep. that. How 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 someone has fallen? <laughs> yeah, or how, or how someone had an outlier season. Yeah. Can we talk about that? That he just had an outlier season. It's like a you know one hit wonder for a band or something. Yeah, right. He's the Smash Mouth of uh, of basketball potentially. <laughs> Smash Mouth. Somebody once told me Isaac that the world was gonna roll me. Oh my gosh. Where are you? The sharpest tool in the shed. I was not. Tool in the shed. <laughs> but she was looking kind of dumb <laughs> with her finger and her thumb. I'm done. With the shape of an L on her forehead. Well. Um, I will say this. We were talking to um, Collinsworth after the game on uh, on Saturday. And it was, you know, it was interesting for, 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 for the listeners to get, for all of us to get a different side of the trade deadline for him. You know, I tweeted out, you know, a couple weeks before my theory about what they would do with Kyle. And that's exactly what they did as far as leaving that roster spot open. And saying, after, you know, if they don't use it, we'll bring you back on a full contract after the deadline. So I was talking with Kyle after the game, and Kyle was like, man, I was so nervous, man. Like, he was, you know, he was counting down to the 2 o'clock trade deadline, too, knowing that if Dallas didn't do a trade, that he would be signed. 
and he said, man, he was getting up to two. And I was like, oh, yes, like, he said, and then it comes through, you know, the tweet is saying Dallas had made a trade. And he said his heart, like, dropped. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, no, <laughs> you know, like, and, yeah. and then he saw when he said he saw the news that it was a one-for-one one trade, it was like, my chance, like, I'm going to be here. And even though it's a – it's a three-year deal, but the net, the two years after that are team options, and there's some. He said there's some, you know, partial guarantees in there and stuff too. But it's just a different angle of the deadline that we might not look at sometimes. The difference in money from the G League to the NBA is like staggering. You're talking like fifty thousand a year and like five hundred thousand a year. Like just sort, just try to imagine that amount of money, and uh, and that's how excited <laughs> he was yeah man he also in this game we should mention that he took this really hard fall and i thought it i thought his shoulder was separated that was a dirty play by isaiah thomas but yeah it was and the, the way that he landed with his arm behind him uh he even said i was talking to him too and he said that you know his arm behind me is like i'm i was so surprised that it held that it held up but you know it did and i, I came up and i was fine so uh, just kind of a scary moment for him, and and then uh, I said, "Well, hey, at least you signed already." <laughs> he liked that joke. He thought that was funny, which I'm glad he did because he definitely could have taken that a completely wrong way and <laughs> been offended by it or anything. But yeah, he's the complete opposite of that. So, no, nah, he's cool. I'm glad he's sticking around. He deserves it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, anything else from this game? Julius Randle again had another really really good game against the Mavericks uh, in his audition. <laughs> I like watching him play. Like yeah, some people really criticize his game, but like I just I miss the like the bruisers in the game that we used to have. And he's gotten better too. Uh, I was listening to oh I wanted to do this too. A shout out to the uh, the Stepian, which I've uh, Cole Zwicker that we've had on this podcast. Um, that they do they do all kinds of draft stuff. They have a podcast. It's uh, they have two different feeds of it. It's called either the Stepian or Ode to Odin. So whichever one you remember, if you're interested in draft coverage, go check out their podcast. Go check out their website. They have really, really good, really in-depth stuff. And on their recent Marvin Bagley episode, they were talking about Julius Randle and how you know much, how much better he's gotten, basically, because coming out in the draft, he would never use his right hand ever. And now he's able to do some of these floaters with the right hand. He's able to at least dribble right when he would never would. He would always go left, always go left. And uh, just talking about the similarities and differences between Randall's game and Marvin Bagley's game, because there is, some, you know, there are some similarities there. Yeah. Um, that's what I heard Julius Randall recently. But yeah, he's gotten a lot better. I mean, he his first couple of years, you looked at him and were like, this guy, all he can kind of do is handle the ball and you know run. <laughs> and <laughs> now he's you know his floaters game's got a lot better around the rim's gotten better. His his motor and hustle, you know, getting boards has been better. And then obviously he had seven assists, so you know. he's passing has been something he's definitely worked on too yeah it'll be really interesting to see what he gets this offseason and i'm so intrigued by what you know lakers will have to get a sense really soon really quick of what their direction is going to be over the summer uh, because if they are they going to have to renounce his you know cap hold you know whatever that is so it'll be it'll be interesting i mean he's always going to be connected to dallas some people's trying to make the you know signing trade, him and Nerland's connection, all that stuff, and it's just too early to tell with all that. Yeah, definitely too early to tell. Then again, we had another game, a uh, back to back, where JJ Barea, Dirk Nowitzki, and Wes Matthews did not make the trip. The Mavericks end up losing a hundred and four to ninety seven. It was not even that close <laughs> of a game. Uh, they definitely kind of turned it on late there. It, uh, it was close for the first half. Yeah, yeah, even, even the into the half. third quarter, which was very surprising. I mean, yeah, but it was it was not after that. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing: like, I didn't understand the Jonathan Motley thing tonight. I think tonight was the most frustrating one. Jonathan Motley tonight played four minutes, and they were all in essentially garbage time at the end of the game. Like, if if it if it was an injury. You know, if he didn't play at all, at least they could have played it off or at least had intrigue of, oh, well, maybe he's just a little bit hurt. But the moment he checked into the game at yep, four minutes, same. I just became angry. Same. <laughs> and I'm like, Dirk's out. Nerland's still out. Salah is out. And he still only gets four minutes. That 
I mean, I have no explanation. I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. There's obviously a reason behind. I mean, in his four minutes, Rick chewed his butt out because he set a screen or he, Dennis gave him the ball and he, I guess he was supposed to hand it back to Dennis when Dennis rolled around him and he didn't. And instead he took it, he dro- drove it on Capella, hit it off the backboard. Tried to lay down. it up with both hands. Like you could definitely get away with in the G League and definitely not in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dallas called timeout. Rick went straight to him and was yelling at him and all this stuff. And, but no, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I just, there's nothing people asking on social media, Twitter, everything. Why is he playing all this stuff? I wish I had an answer for you. I don't. I don't have an answer. <laughs> it kind of feels like the Nerlens thing in a, to a lesser degree. It sort of just feels that way. Well, this is the thing with him. Like, why is he even with the team? Like, Nerlens thing, he doesn't have anywhere to go. You know, you're not going to send him anywhere and all that stuff. Like, that's frustrating for sure. But, like, with Motley, like, if you're not going to play him, just leave him in the D League. You know, like, why? You could leave him in the G League, too, if you wanted to. <laughs> they could have left him in the Frisco, and uh, they left him in the D League. So like, they left him so hard that he went back to last year when it was when it was called the D League. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it just frustrated me, man. That that everything around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're if you only have two usable big men, and and then Motley as your third. And you're just not going to use them at all. I, I don't know. Uh, the other the other thing about that, and this is the one thing I wanted to say about this game today, is that if you're if this is a game where you're going to play all the young guys and you're going to try to see what you have in the young guys, what am I going to see in Dwight Powell that I haven't already seen? What am I going to see in Dwight Powell that it's going to persuade you know front office Rick Carlisle, whoever, even more or less that. He has something else to offer. Like, what else? What else is he going to show them? I mean, they're not even trying anything else. Like post up game, they're not trying his jumper anymore. You know, like they're 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 doing the things like you said that they changed his role, made it exactly what it should be. But if you're not going to try different things with him, then what are you? What are you even trying or experimenting? Oh yeah, you know, I mean, like I... you're not trying. You're not trying anything different with him. And so why not try? You know, a new guy, a different guy. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, 100%. Yeah, I would love to see Motley get some of his minutes. I mean, Powell's playing better for sure. And, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, give Motley some of those minutes. I mean, they basically only played eight players tonight. What do you? I'm intrigued by this. What do you think of Jalen Jones? Jalen Jones is interesting about? to me. He had 10 boards tonight. I mean, he, he was sort of seemed to be all around the, the basketball, at least on the you know, defensive end. Uh. I don't think he has a jumper, and so no, I'm out. I'm out on him. And so with that, with that, I'm like, I don't want any more guys that need the basketball to do things. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand. What, yeah, I don't want to like harsh on him, but like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about him. I don't think. I think we should uh, get a new a new two way guy in there. Kyle Collinsworth, though, we do really like. He played really, really well tonight. What about that putback dunk, though? That was nasty. Yeah. On the Dennis Soren. Dennis, I feel like Dennis soared through the air for like, I don't know, an hour. <laughs> and then there's so much about that play because he soared through the air. Capella was going to try to block it. And then Capella like turns his head like he was just trying to get out of the poster. And then Collinsworth comes in with this putback dunk towards the end of the quarter or half or whatever. And it was nasty. The other thing about Motley is that he was playing against Clint Capella the entire time. <laughs> Clint Capella, yeah. like one of the best defensive big men in the NBA right now. He's going to get paid too. Definitely, and maybe by the Mavericks. I would be very happy with that. Another thing about this game, so Doug McDermott's second game, he plays 34 minutes in this game. Uh, he was averaging 21 with the Knicks. He's definitely going to get more than that for the Mavericks. Uh, and he has another game of, you know, last game he had three assists, and tonight he had – Four assists. So, and I don't know who. Oh, I think it was in Josh Bowe's piece on Maps Moneyball. It was actually a really, really good piece about how uh, Doug McDermott's going to fit into offense, how he has already. He averaged for his, I think, career in the NBA 0.7 assists per game. Wow. <laughs> Which seems impossible if you're a wing player that's like, a, you know, a high IQ type player. And already he's averaging, you know, three and a half assists in his two games playing for the Mavericks. So that's something definitely to watch for. He had eight points again, hit two threes. 
uh, you know, love having that guy on the team. I think that was definitely you know a great move. Yeah, love it. You know, you, you want to see him to get solid numbers. Um, you want to see him playing with actually good players. You know, like Sacramento when Dirk and them are. It's hard to throw his numbers out there when he's playing the whole fourth quarter with Jalen Jones and you know Kyle Collinsworth stuff like that. We like Collinsworth, but like. I want to see. I really want to see the lineup of Dennis West, him, HB, and Dirk. Yeah, like I, I, I want to see that. I want to see what that's about. And Carlisle's been very. You know, I, I put this in my piece with as far as you know, Dallas finally getting their hands on on McDermott because they talked about Donnie talked about how much they've liked him before and and all that. And then I talked about how Rick was very open about we want to try him at the four, and he played the four all at Creighton. But yet he's in the league and he's played all three at all three of his previous teams. And he doesn't have the, you know, Rick said the brute strength uh, to, you know, to battle or something defensively for the boards. But they want to test him out at the four. And I I just think him and Harrison could be interchangeable at the three and four. And I want to see him try that. Yeah. uh, You're giving up on defense with that lineup. But (laughs) yeah, and that's why I would prefer Harrison at the four because, like, Harrison showed that he could play in the post against like a Blake Griffin or something. McDermott would get eight alive against Blake Griffin. Yeah, he'll at least make it a little tougher. Yeah. <laughs> he'll put up an effort potentially. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Mavericks, uh, they do lose this game. Uh, sort of expected. Um, this is – I think we'll see this a, lot, a little bit more. I, I was surprised in this game that Dirk didn't even travel. I thought he – I really thought he was going to try to play all 82 games. Uh, but if he plays 81, it's not that much less impressive. <laughs> if, he, if he, you know, then if he would do all uh, all 82. So, all right, there we go. Another edition of uh, Locked On Mavs. We talked about the uh, trade deadline. We talked about the Lakers game. We talked about the Rockets game. A lot of stuff. So that was an hour whole hour podcast for you guys on your Monday. Enjoy your Monday, guys. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>